Welcome to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. At Village, we seek to be shaped by the life of Christ, to practice authentic friendship, and serve the world. You're invited to join us at either our Mission Campus or our Antioch Campus. For now, we hope you hear a word for your own life in this sermon. Our reading today is from the fifth chapter of Matthew, verses 21 through 26. You may locate these texts in your pew Bible on page 880. First, let us prepare our hearts to hear God's word. We are here, O God. We have come to this place trusting we will meet you. We have been training our ears so that we can hear the truth when it whispers. Speak, Lord, for we are here and we are listening. Amen. You have heard that it was said of those of ancient times, you shall not murder. Whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you, if you are angry with your brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult your brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, you will be liable to hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift before the altar and go. First reconcile yourself to your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him, or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you will, you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Well, it could be true any week, I suppose, but I'm reminded again this week that the world in which we live is a bit crazy. I say it's crazy because we are both at the same time surprised and not surprised when a man avenges what he deems to be threats to the white race and shoots indiscriminately into mosques where people are at prayer. The history of white pe people causing suffering and pe among people of color is long and brutal, and you would think we would learn some things. But we pretend that these are isolated incidents caused by folks who don't have it all together. That narrative allows us not to face tough questions, but it means the world is crazy a bit. Sometimes it feels to me that somebody opened the door and all the adults left the room, a hunger for people to admire. I remember when I was in college, I listened to a musician called Mac McAnally, folk musician. He wrote a song, It's a Crazy World. The chorus was, it's a crazy world, but I live here. And if you can hear me singing, so do you. 
I'm turning out my nightlight feeling satisfied that there's nothing any one of us can do. There's nothing any one of us can do. I, I like McAnally, but I think he's wrong about this. When I turn out my nightlight, I think paying attention to the kind of people we are in the midst of this crazy world, that is the thing we desperately need to do. That's why in these weeks that lead us to Good Friday and then to Easter Sunday, I want to reflect a bit on spiritual maturity, or just use a more common word, character. David Brooks has said recently, Many of us have clear strategies of how to achieve career success. Makes sense. But we have little plan about how to develop a profound character. Character is not about our success. It is about our relationships. It is about who we are and how we are with one another. You know, I think we pay attention to this with our kids. I do. At least that was my experience because every report card that I brought home in elementary school, every single one, I was so consistent, every single one revealed that my teachers thought I had what they called citizenship issues. (laughs) I had citizenship issues. I did. I know that stuns you, I'm sure. My mom told me once, she said, you may not know how to spell and you may not get your multiplication tables, but you can behave. She was right. But this is also true. Issues of character, of citizenship, they don't get easier as we become adults. And I think while we may be attentive to the development of character among children, I think by the time we become adults, we just assume it's going to happen. When our family moved here 15 years ago, the pastor nominating committee asked us to send every family photo that we had so that they might find a few that they could use to display to introduce the R's to the village family. My, my friend Priscilla, who was tasked with this job, she discovered an old folder filled with those photos recently, and she brought them to me, and I thumbed through them, and my eyes fell on a photo of me me that was taken the first week of my life. You could barely see me. It was mostly blanket, and my dad was holding a blanket, but I'm confident I was in there somewhere. And I looked at that photograph with some astonishment because the truth is neither one of us look anything like that anymore. Because this is what happens with us. If you hang around, you change. You grow. You evolve physically. It's just going to happen even when you don't want it to anymore. It's going to happen. It's just the way we are. Physically, we grow. But with character, it doesn't just happen. To grow in character requires intentionality and discipline. And I would suggest that a needed discipline in developing a mature character is to be attentive to what really matters in life and what doesn't. 
Jesus offered this teaching. He said, if you are going to worship, if you're bringing your gift to the altar, if you're coming into God's presence, it is right to assume there is nothing more important. What could be more important than the worship of God? Nothing, Jesus says, unless... Unless you have injured someone, unless you have hurt someone, unless you have wronged someone, then it's more important that you do what you can to make it right. Do what is within your power to make the wrong right. Now, there's so much in this text that we could talk about, but the one thing I want to point out today is that Jesus teaches us in any moment we need to be attentive to what matters most. What's the most important thing in our lives? When our kids were small, when our kids were small, Carol was careful about what they could watch on television. She decided some things were great for them and some things were not good for them. And if she said, no, that's a, that's a bad TV show, then they could argue if they won't, but they're not going to get to watch it. But my dad and his wife, they lived in town with us. No one can question the grace of God if you have little kids and you have grandparents in the same zip code. It's a wonderful thing. They would watch after them often. And one time the kids were over there and my dad's wife left. And so my dad was in charge and this is risky. So when the kids returned home, Nathan said to me, he said, Dad, Poppy let us watch some TV shows. And Dad, there were some bad parts in those shows, Dad. There were some really bad parts. And Dad, they were great. <laughs> Thanks, Poppy. So here's the thing. When we're trying to choose between good and bad, it's not so hard doesn't take much character to make that choice. What's more demanding and more common is to choose between good and greater good. If you're bringing your gift to the altar, Jesus says, but you have a relationship that needs attention, you need to be attentive to what matters most. I remember it like it was yesterday. I'd, I'd been ordained about a month or two, I think. I got a call late on Friday night. It was a young woman on the other end of the phone. She said, Reverend R., could we talk to you? Um, I said, sure. What do you, well, we, no, we need, to, we need to meet with you, my husband and I. We're, we're in a bad place. We've been married a little over a year, and we're just having some trouble. Could we talk to you? I said, well, it sounds serious. Yeah, sure. I, I'd be glad to talk. She said, great. We'll see you at 7 at the church. I said, in the morning? Seven o'clock in the morning? So, on Saturday? So, here's what you know about me. I'm not a morning person. I, I, I'm not. I know God loves those people, but I'm not, I'm not a morning person. In the kingdom of God, when everything is made right, I think we'll have mornings about three days a week. I, I mean, shouldn't outlaw them altogether, but having one every day seems to be overdoing it to me a bit. So anyway, I set my alarm. I got up on the way to, on the, way to the church. I stopped by the Jiffy Mart. I got a bucket of coffee. 
I get to the church. When I arrive, they're already there waiting on me. We go in the, in the study. We sit down. And I said, so tell me about it. She said, well, we, we, just aren't, we just aren't anything alike. I said, so tell me about it. Um, she said, well, we just have different expectations in life. I said, so tell me. <laughs> I'm not really good at this. This is why we have other pastors that do pastoral care. I just said, so, so tell me about it. She said, well, for example, I woke up last Saturday and I said, what would you like to do today, dear? What would you like to do? I, 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 was, thinking, I was thinking we might do some yard work before it gets hot. Uh, we could cut the grass, and then I got some shrubs from the Home Depot on Tuesday. We could plant those, and, and then we could come in, and you could hang the ceiling fan in the den. And while I'm at the grocery store, why don't, why don't you get started on painting the port swing? We've talked about how bad it needs. It's a perfect day to clean out the garage. And when we finish paying the bills, uh, we don't need to work all day. I thought we could drive out to the beach, take a long walk, find inner peace. On the way back, we could stop for lunch. She said, but that was just me. What did you want to do today? He said, I was thinking about getting some coffee. <laughs> she said, that's it? Coffee? That's all you want of a day is just coffee? That's it? He said, well, it's a start. She looked at me and she said, you see our problem, don't you, Reverend? I looked at my coffee. <laughs> so here's what we know. You're going to give every moment to something. It's the way it works. You're going to give every moment of your life to something, to good things. You're Presbyterian, for goodness sake. It's not in our DNA to waste our lives. No, you will give yourself to good things, but, but our faith invites calls us to ask this question, are we giving ourselves to the most important things? And discerning that, not a choice between good and bad, but a choice between good and greater, discerning that requires character, a mature attention to relationships. In his book, The Road to Character, David Brooks says, I've been thinking about the difference between resume virtues and eulogy virtues, he calls them. Resume virtues are the skills that you hone, that you take to the market and make your place in the world and succeed externally. Eulogy virtues, he said, those are more about who you are, the core of your being, whether you are kind or brave or honest or faithful. Eulogy virtues are found in what kind of relationships you create. I think he's on to something, and the helpful point is resume virtues and eulogy virtues are all virtues. They're all good, but they're not all equally good. And being attentive to the greater good requires character, to know what matters most. To put it simply, it's not enough for us just to succeed. We want to be good. Knowing that we're called to be good, I imagine you reacted as I did with some sadness. With the revelations about what's being called the admissions scandal. 
Some folks feel their children are more important than other people's children. So the rules don't apply to them. They have lots of money, and they're therefore entitled to a life of their own creating. A diploma is not a sign of education. It is a transaction. And so they break the rules. And so doing, they insult their own children and the rest of us as well. They succeed until they are caught. But it happens, I think, because they fail to see the most important things. It's a matter of character. It's not enough to win. We have to be good. We see this in sports, right? Athletes find themselves in the news because of acts of violence or alleged acts of violence, and we despise violence, but if you can run fast enough or do magic with a ball, who you happen to be as a man matters less to us than your talent. It's not just about them. It's about us. Our desire to place our entertainment over matters of character. And maybe you saw this week that the Christian faith, as it's practiced in Prairie Village, became national news. Not for mission or honor, but because once again a church has become known for who they refuse to let in. And this time it's children, kindergartners, who are told they are not welcome. The archdiocese states that these children's parents, a gay couple, cannot model behaviors regarding marriage and sexual morality consistent with the church's teaching. The irony the irony of pointing to sexual morality is astonishing. And it makes every church look small. And yet on Friday, the Star reported 2,000 people had signed a letter of protest, but 7,000 people in our community signed a letter of support. When are we going to learn that a faithful witness to the love of Jesus Christ is revealed not in who we keep out, but in who we welcome in. I think they have forgotten what matters most. And it's easy to do. Jesus said, worship matters. The truth is, if you do not come before God and remember again and again the love that claims and defines you, you'll get lost in your own life. Worship matters, but the church is not Vegas. What stays in the church should not stay in church. What happens in the church should not stay in church. It is to be carried into our lives and into our relationships. Remembering that? Can be hard. Practicing that can be harder. But doing that is an important step in developing character. And I think when the world is crazy, 
That's the most important thing for us to do. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week.